was so beautiful. It was an independent too. Like it was just all just people from all colors and races and backgrounds and religious beliefs and political beliefs. And they just united to throw that out. You're listening to let me tell you why you're wrong. Welcome to episode 186 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my podcast partner in crime, writer, journalist, owner of the Georgia Virtue, and dog mom, Jessica Salaji. Hello, Dave. Hello. How was your week? It was wonderful. How was yours? Uh, You had a better week than I did. I did because Jackie Johnson went to jail. Yes, she did. She did. She checked in. She was impounded on Tuesday, I think. It was so uh, for seven Wednesday. minutes. Wednesday. Yeah, for, for seven minutes. She was. She. They'd already worked out all her bond stuff before they even, you know. She she had her attorney work everything out, but she checked in and had her picture taken and was fingerprinted, and um, I of course printed it out and have it on my desk. And she wore pearls. She did. She wore polka dots and pearls to to jail, which we were talking about before the show. I mean, we obviously she wasn't going to be like given a jumpsuit and say, "Okay, here's your sheet for the night." Like she wasn't going to stay, which I don't think she should. Like I think she's a terrible person, and but I I also think that jail should be um, protecting res- society, right? Restricted to the people who are dangers and threats to other people. Um, I, I would have. An ankle monitor would have been okay for me, but anyway. Ankle she, monitor, or at least surrender your passport. Mm-hmm. But she and that just, may be a condition, I have no idea. She looked absolutely awful, and it was just... I don't know, we were all wanting to see her being drug out at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, yeah, by after some like alphabet a no-knock agency. Warrant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no-knock warrant by the U.S. Marshals, yeah. Flashbang, pearls go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> in my dreams well this week we had to say goodbye to Allie <laughs> it was terrible it, it was and I know it's a horrible transition but you know the uh and a lot a lot of people who listen to the show know me and 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 stuff like that and she was 17 and a half uh yes. she'd been on medication for a long time about 300 bucks a month worth of medication for a long time uh we'll put a new knee on her uh she had uh, a stroke uh, some years ago, and I took her for an MRI. Uh, the dog had every opportunity. She was very well taken care of. Uh, not not having children allows us to do things like put a knee on a dog. But at the time, she was only she's only ten, so she still we figured she had another four years. So it was worth it was worth fixing her knee. Now it was great that we had another seven with her. Right. And of course, the heart and the head don't don't agree. You know, logically. You know, logically, like it was the right thing to do, but uh, you know, your heart does doesn't necessarily agree with that. Of course not. But talk talks our family. So there's the yin and yang. You've got the awesome week for Jessica and the, and yeah. and uh, the, the rough one for, for for us here. <laughs> yes. It's true. But yeah, that's 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 awesome. I just I, I want to make sure that you can have that opportunity to spike the football on it. Oh, I've been gloating all week. <laughs> And I will Again, continue if, to if, gloat. If, I mean, 
Yeah, if you don't follow Jessica. Look, Jessica broke the story. Well, I was, I like to tell people I was anti-Jackie Johnson before it was cool to be anti-Jackie Johnson. Like, I was writing about her and in, investigating her and, and, and talking about her shenanigans regionally before Ahmaud Arbery ever became a story and people knew what the Brunswick Judicial Circuit is. That And like we talked about on last week's show, what she did in that case is absolutely awful. But she's done worse things to other people that didn't make national headlines. And so, you know, we have to delight in the small victories we get that is the way that this earthly world is holding her accountable. And right now that is public humiliation. (laughs) And I'm here for it. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. So we have a woman was late for her flight. So she told airline workers there was a bomb on the plane. (laughs) It's creative. I'll give her that. Uh, Marina Verbitsky arrived at her terminal at FLL, Florida, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood International Airport, on Monday, uh, Monday night, with her husband and son, but they were too late. The plane was about to take off. When employees told her their checked baggage uh, was on the uh, departing plane, Verbitsky became enraged. Uh, she cursed out the JetBlue, imagine that, employees, uh, and then said her luggage contained a bomb. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Mm-hmm. It had to be Florida. Oh, yeah. I love, I mean, every Florida story, too, just about is in Broward County. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she, but she's not a Floridian. No. She, uh, she's from no, Chicago. get all the, the riffraff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she was upset that her son might miss a day of school. Well, can you blame her? They probably put her in jail, depending on where she's from. Right. Which district in Chicago? Look, man, you know if you're traveling, this is on. This was on Labor Day. You know if you're traveling on Labor Day, you need to give yourself extra time at the airport. Everybody is trying to go home late Labor Day night, get the most they can on their vacation. Everybody's taking the rental car in at the same time. Everybody's trying to get through security at the same time. Mm-hmm. So this this lady's nuts. In fact, the, I think the judge did order a, a psyche vow. If she got the same bond amount as Jackie Johnson, ten thousand. Jackie was released on her own recognizance, though. Let's just note that this yeah. lady probably had to put up her house. But uh, the Chicago Sun-Times is carrying the story also. It's, I mean, what the hell's wrong with people? You don't even... This is is apparently like a... I thought it was creative, but it's actually like a little bit more common. A 74-year-old man did the same thing. um, At the same airport. And they had to evacuate three terminals, close roads, and cancel or delay dozens of flights. And right. He, and I guess the sentence is 15 years in prison if you're convicted, which, you know, we of course they're not going to. Um, I mean, even if you are one of the people who, like, it's similar to, um, I, I don't know, perhaps they will crack down on this. I don't know. But, but by and large, if you, like, read over the Department of Justice, when things like this happen, they usually get, like, a little time at a, a 
what's similar to the state level transitional centers, like a residential center, and then they spend a lot of time on probation. Yeah, and get banned from the airport, mm-hmm. probably banned from JetBlue, which I banned myself from JetBlue a long time ago. And then they're felons. And well, you can't, not that you can own a gun in Chicago anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, she'll be a felon. It, it's well, and don't forget the Georgia man. Who, who did, I, his was my favorite. In Pennsylvania, the Georgia man said that um, he was late for the plane and, and uh, his daughter was smuggling marijuana on the flight. Huh. Is that illegal in, a, in a Pennsylvania? I don't know. It, I it, it is loaded on an airplane. I, I don't know if Pennsylvania has legal pot or not. Um, what? I don't understand what's wrong with people. There's another flight. Pay your change fee. If you absolutely have to get home, Delta has red eyes from from Fort Lauderdale. I don't know what the connection is getting to getting to Chicago, but if you absolutely have to, or you take the uh, the five o'clock flight the next morning. Okay, but at the same and I hear you, but at the same time, it says that in the last year, they've the FAA has received. 3,889 reports of, quote, unruly behavior, and they've collected a subsequent million dollars in fines against dozens of people. I got a problem with that. First of all, it's, it's become the greyhound of the skies. But, but uh, you're talking about almost 4,000 reports, and only dozens of them resulted in, in actual, like, punishment and and you generated a million dollars from those people what are you i mean ah, man i i there there have been several theories on what's causing it uh ambien for one causes unruly uh passengers because ambien is a hallucinogen if, if you don't if you don't get to sleep and that's where you see people they'll stand up start saying there's a bomb there's a bomb there's a bomb stuff like that is is there you know they're essentially you're sleepwalking. Um, the other is flying. The, the experience of flying has has downgraded, especially over the course of my life. I mean, I used to wear a tie, a jacket and tie on the airplane. Really, Grandma? Uh, where did you go? Uh, we flew all. I was, I was we're in a Delta family. That, that was a requirement have, for flying non-rev. Did you have a double-decker plane too? I have never flown on a seven four seven. Are you talking about a, a bi-wing? No. I've not been on a bi-wing. No, the ones that have like two stories. Yeah, it's a 747. Mm-hmm. No, I Delta got like rid that. of their 747s before uh, before I came along. Uh, there used to be a, a used to be a star, what was called the Starlight Lounge upstairs. Uh, so first class passengers could go up a, a spiral staircase and there was a bar up there and a lounge. And you could sit and order drinks and and and, and Sit down, chill out, talk to the passengers or, or, or whatever. Then when you get close to the final approach, go back down the stairway, get back in your seat. Uh, Delta did get the 747 back when they acquired Northwest, but they ruined it. They put seats up there. Mm. So I was actually going to purposely buy a, buy a ticket, go somewhere where the 747 was the was the aircraft, just just to get the experience that I missed out on. But I remember prime rib on airplanes, steak, lobster. Qatar no. Airways 
has started doing all that again. Yeah. My mom flew them when she went to India in 2018. And um, they had just started flying out of Atlanta at that time. And they are all about the um, the luxurious experience. Uh, yeah. You got to go through Qatar. So, and, you know, and Emirates no also. fly zone. But Yeah, I mean, so, so is Emirates. Emirates. Had Jennifer yes, Aniston yes. advertising for them and, and all that stuff. Uh, even their coach seats are, are pretty darn nice. But, you know, you're also talking about a $30,000 ticket <laughs> to, to fly first class uh, anywhere that Amherst goes. Mm-hmm. Out of Atlanta, anyway. Right. But they do. They still have old-fashioned flight attendant uniforms. Uh, they still have, I mean, like... It's they could they yeah but they have the, they have the same old standards that that are now illegal in the United States for their flight attendants you know height weight and all that stuff well but, the thing but that's it, well you were what you were getting at though is that the decline in the quality of of travel generally and the fact that you know and society well yes well, I you mean, think it's people think it's okay to wear pajama pants to Walmart uh, then it's further downgraded by the TSA, long wait lines. You're already annoyed. Uh, traveling, tra- traveling, being there is awesome. Getting there sucks a lot of times. It's very stressful. Uh, they've, they've, they've made the seats so small so they can cram as much flesh in that tube as they possibly can. Uh, you've got the TSA, which essentially strips, uh, strip searches you, uh, uh, Take your shoes off. Take your belt off. And then, if you're a, if you're a regular traveler, you're annoyed with the people in front of you because they'll wait till the, they'll go all the way to the scanner and they go, "You have to take your belt off." And then everybody has to wait for the guy to take his belt off, wait for another tray to come around, put it in the the X ray machine, then go through. Uh, it's 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 a dehumanizing experience. You're, it's it's a it's a like you're being put in cattle cars. So you're already annoyed at alcohol and at the fact that, you know, flying shouldn't be affordable to everyone. So the same people who are wearing pajama pants at, at Walmart are, the, are, are cramming onto JetBlue. You know, I did, li- I did like the, the JetBlue. They're out flying. there flying and voting. I mean, who the hell do they think they are? If they were flying to get away from voting, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But they could just, you know, mail it in for wherever they are, including the grave. So we have another district attorney in trouble. Columbus DA Mark Jones was indicted last week on the uh, the second district attorney to bite the dust in the last two weeks. Mark Jones. This is the complete opposite. Uh, if, if If you look at the story on the Georgia Virtue and his mugshot, He's like in a black T-shirt. Every other DA that I've seen, I've seen Jackie Jones put on pearls. Dick Donovan wore a button down. Did uh, they make him put on, now that I'm looking at it though, did they make him put on a little scrub shirt? I, I don't know. Because it does look a little large around his neck. And, it and does. He, he strikes me as the, I mean, he wears those fitted suits with the, the suits that, with the pants that get skinnier towards the ankle and that, that I don't care for. But um, it, it just doesn't look like, 
his attire that I would normally catch him in. And may, maybe it is. It may, maybe it is. But it is a stark difference when uh, Trey, uh, Trey Kelly turned himself in. He was mm-hmm. he was wearing a, a collared shirt. Dick Donovan was wearing a button-down collared shirt. Hideous button-down collared shirt. But right. he d- did wear something appropriate. Uh, I mean, he's 70-something years old. He's going to look like Gerald Ford playing golf. That's just what happens when you're in your 70s. He can't help uh, it. Old reference, huh? And Jackie wore her pearls. I mean, she knew she was going to get a mugshot. I mean, she could have put a little more foundation on, maybe, maybe you know, do something, you know, to... That's how <laughs> she looks all the time. She got elected like that? Well, no. Sonny Perdue appointed her, and then ah. no one ran against her. And then when they did, Keith Higgins kicked her ass. But Mark <laughs> Jones, oh, Lord. These are serious charges. Two counts of influencing witnesses, two counts of bribery, two counts of violation of oath of public officer, two counts of attempted violation of oath of public officer, one count of attempted uh, subordination of perjury. Mm -hmm. I did not do it. I did not do what they said. They say I did. Jones responded. I've never taken a bribe, never tried to influence a witness. I've never tried to get someone to testify untruthfully. So I feel I fought so hard for this city. (laughs) I've gotten convictions on cases that matter. And I feel we've been responsive to the community. I added the sniffles and the crying. I don't know if he was actually crying. He definitely didn't cry. But um, here's what's... So I have lots of opinions on this. One... I don't think that everyone who is accused of a crime is guilty of a crime. You know, he's also his trial for his other charges, his other felony charges starts Monday for the thing that happened in the Civic Center parking lot with the, um, you know, making the land drag and stuff when he wasn't even driving and all that. And I think it's totally bogus. And I and I, you know, Jackie, I investigated and I saw the evidence, a lot of the evidence myself. And and so I feel differently about that. That this, I don't know all the facts and details, but I will say it is extremely concerning to me that it's his chief ADA who he allegedly tried to pay a thousand dollars to get a murder conviction, um, with the on the case that she was working on. So I I think because you know the chief ADA is appointed by the DA. So, I mean, that's somebody he put in sec- a second in command. Um, but then I think about like, I think about politics and, and how it is and how like, you know, we've talked about that. I think it was Hector Ramirez. I, if maybe I'm getting the last name wrong, but the case with the officer involved, um, use of force and how he's bringing back the murder stuff and how the cops are against him right now. And, um, there's a lot of people who are very angry with him and justifiably so and yes justifiably so but i've seen how vindictiveness can work in the political realm and you know they look at all these charges that he has stacked against him it's his second round and you know he's a democrat jackie johnson was a republican appointed appointed by sonny purdue she's a rich father who owns banks and and has all this these connections and she got very minor charges that 
you know, will ensure she never serves a day in, in jail. And of course we have Dick Donovan, but his is all on recording. And all I can say is I hope that there are recordings and stuff that go against this or that go in, um, to back this up as well, because, you know, somebody, some, well, especially here's the other thing. When a, a DA is removed from their office, who steps in to take their their place until the governor appoints? And then usually the governor appoints someone. I mean, it's going to be people within the office. And, and so I just look at who has something to gain from this. Um, I don't think he's the most ethical guy, which I think doesn't work again, work for him. I mean, we've seen what he did with his friend Brault and um, bringing that him in as a special prosecutor instead of going through PAC. Like, there's lots of things that work against him. All I'm saying is it doesn't look good, doesn't sound good, but I'd like to see the evidence. Yeah. DAs are dropping like flies, man. I love it, though. Uh, out here... Uh, Matthew Rollins, who was the second in command, is the acting DA. Uh, but doesn't really, he have a tip-top reputation? Yeah, really good guy. Really good guy. Uh, like, in the community, he is known for being legit. Oh, yeah. Straightforward uh, Marine. Uh, I, I know that because he'll mention it with the first five minutes of meeting you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I really like Matt. Uh, he... Uh, he sealed off Donovan's office. Nobody touched anything. Uh, because it's an ongoing investigation, and he doesn't he he doesn't want anything tainted. He doesn't want to he has he doesn't want to touch it. Uh, he's still working from his desk. He didn't like move into move into Dick's office. It, every everything is, is just the way it was the last day he was in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, Rollo is is a is a super good guy. He is running for for DA in uh, twenty two, and he certainly gets my endorsement and my vote. Uh, I've con- con- contributed to his campaign. Uh, so yeah, Rollo is a really good guy. I don't know what the second in command down in Columbus does. Uh, in Donovan's case, I don't think he's going to go to trial before his term is up, mm-hmm. so the governor won't get to appoint anybody. Which is kind of good that it'll keep the eye from behind uh, uh, Matthew Rollins' name. Because people just see incumbent and remember the story about the DA and associate him with it. So, I don't know what's going to happen in Columbus. Uh, I, I assume the second of commands has taken over. Jackie Johnson's not an issue because she lost her, her, uh, her last election because she actually had someone run against her. It's so beautiful. <laughs> It was an independent too. Like it was just all just people from all colors and races and backgrounds and religious beliefs and political beliefs. And they just united to throw that out. You know, Jessica, you really need to show some passion when you come on the show. (laughs) I know, you know, all the complaints I get are people are like, gosh, take a stand on something or pick a side. Like we never know what you think. Exactly. Speaking of. So, for decades, Eugene Fedor wrote and edited travel books uh, that introduced middle-class travelers to the world. And anybody who is my age, who, who traveled, knows you'd go and buy a Fedor travel guide to that country. And it had lots of tips on, on times of year to go, 
things things you need to see, things you can skip that are just kind of overblown. Uh, but that's when he wasn't moonlighting uh, as a spook, and this is the the, the wording in the article uh, from the from the Daily Beast. It was Daily Beast, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the year was 1936. Uh, was a momentous year for global travel. The RMS Queen Mary made her maiden voyage from Southampton, England, to New York. Uh, Air Lingus took its first flight from Dublin to Bristol. Uh, E.R. Ekins, reporter for the New York uh, World Telegram, won a race around the world using only commercial airlines, and it took him 18 days, 11 hours, 14 minutes, and 55 seconds. And Eugene Fedor uh, published his first guidebook. Uh, for him. On the continent, a 1,200-page uh, door, uh, doorstop on Europe, the world's first annually updated travel guidebook. This guy worked for the OSS. He, he's from Eastern Europe. Uh, he uh, worked for the OSS, which is the Office of Strategic Services, uh, precursor to the CIA, uh, during World War II. Mm-hmm. He uh, spoke five languages, was actually involved in what we now call a psychological operation in trying to overthrow the Nazi government in, in, in uh, Czechoslovakia, I believe. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was doing uh, – and he was doing PSYOP before, before we knew to call it psychological operations. Uh, there were several operations during World War II that, that fall under, under that heading. One was uh, dropping a, a body of like a vagrant or something dr- dressed up with fake with uh, fake papers and stuff, like he was a flyer that drowned uh, to hmm. give misinformation to, to the Nazis. But anyway, back, back on Eugene Fedor. Uh, then he worked for the CIA. And we have v- vague reports as to when he stopped working for the CIA. But this guy could go into countries that normally we could, Eastern Bloc countries, as the famous writer. Spoke most of the languages, uh, could could move around freely, and every, everybody knew this guy. And he was, and didn't raise an eyebrow. He, uh, his, his guidebook it was really groundbreaking because it did, it made the world accessible to, you know, average people. Well, you should read the, if you, if, if you, ha- we'll put it in the, the show notes and everything, but if you have the opportunity to read the story yourself, it's, it's an interesting one. It is. It's great. He, uh, in the seventies, uh, there was somebody who testified in front of a closed session, executive session of of the Intelligence Committee, who mentioned him. And then that that leaked. And uh, Fedor was pissed because it put his family in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy that's, that that traveled around the world. Now 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 he's he's exposed. So. Part of the testimony was we have him up into the 50s and he may still be on the payroll now. Which in the intelligence community is a big no-no. You don't unmask people. Sure. Uh, 
even 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 if he had retired by that time. No. You, you don't you don't unmask people. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a. I'm not going to read read line for line of the story. It's a long, involved story, and it's 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 a great read. I mean, it's true life James Bond stuff. Uh, you know, there was a story of an older guy when we first kicked off the war in Afghanistan and in Iraq. He had he had uh, I believe he was a Vietnam vet, but he he was older. He was in his 60s or 70s. And he pull, he would put on shorts, pull his socks up to his knees, and go to these countries with a camera around his neck, looking like a tourist. And no one messed with the old guy. And he was, he was able to slip in and out of communities, talk to people, gain intelligence, uh, work assets, do everything that, that you think of uh, James Bond wearing a, uh, a tuxedo and carrying a Walther PPK. No, this, this guy was unopposing, old. Uh, camera around his neck and, you know, looked like the quintessential tourist. And he was able to move around uh, hostile countries because nobody was messing with the old guy. Yeah, that that is way more with uh, with the intelligence community than you think of super spies. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Correct. Well, Jessica, I know you don't have much of an opinion on this one. Joe Biden's COVID vaccination plan. Mm. I, don't, I, I can't imitate Joe Biden, so I'll just read it. We've been patient. But our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So, are you? Yeah, uh, the unvaccinated minority can cause a lot of damage, and they are. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay, so a couple things. First thing I want to say is this came out at he he started. his office started leaking a couple of the points like Thursday afternoon. And we kind of had an idea of the big, I guess the big bombshells right before he took to the podium at 5 PM. But I, you know, people pretend like it's like, so he's so just visible and, and it's so wonderful the way that he gets in front of people and, or in front of the media and, and, and professes stuff. But, the president should not be speaking to the country at 5 p.m. Eastern time, in my opinion. Like, nobody's home from work. Most people on the—anyone any anyone not on Eastern time is either in the carpool line or still at work. We, the president used to address the nation at, like, 8 or 9 o'clock at night so that everyone could hear. And I think that the reason that they have him speak earlier is because then people don't watch— they just read about it and see small clips and they don't see the bumbling fool that he is. And and I don't mean that like it has nothing to do with his his I mean, I don't like his ideology at all, but he is not a good orator. He is not a he's these aren't his thoughts. 
No, and it's not the Joe Biden we knew 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's just not. Uh, I'm and, irritated. And, and, and none of us is the same person we were 20 years ago, but his, his decline is, is obvious. Yeah. It, I was going to say he doesn't do it at eight o'clock because that's past his bedtime. He's got to take his Metamucil and, uh, and go, go climb into bed. Um, the other stuff that he said, I don't know if we got this quote also is it's not about your freedom. Yeah. What, uh, what, sure what, what, what is, uh, so, I mean, you, we could sit here and, and debate the merits of the vaccine and, and, you know, again, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. That's how I feel about it. I, I, we, we know that everyone is spreading it, whether they're vaccinated or not. That's just science. Like we, we know that COVID's not going away. Those things aren't relevant to the conversation though. Like, and that his, his presentation of this plan in my opinion, was to further divide, to further politicize, and to basically, like, I mean, peddle a narrative that is is not accurate. Well, yes, it yes, it is about the freedom. Your 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 freedom and your rights don't change based on conditions. Rights are inalienable. That you don't, there's a there's a disease going around. Doesn't mean government has the right to to interfere with your life. Uh, so we have the six point plan from White House. Have you actually, um, like had a chance to sift through the actual booklet? No. I mean, no. Next next time I need to get to sleep, I will. Yeah. It's on the White House website, but it's it's also like available in a PDF form. It's not like this isn't some like you know bullet point presentation someone put together. This is in depth tyranny. Oh yeah, so we have one vaccinating the unvaccinated. Not the role of government. Not the proper role of government ever. Requiring all employers with more than 100 employees to ensure their workers are vaccinated or tested weekly. Totally outside the bounds of what the federal government should be doing. And I had people asking, like, well, what's the difference between, you know, an employer mandating it and the federal government mandating that employees mandate it or employers mandate it? Um, The difference is literally everything. Oh, yeah. The difference is I'm not a slave to my employer Yes, you and are. I, and, well, I am because I am my own employer and I am tougher on myself than anybody. But but I mean, people are not slaves to who they work for. They can go work somewhere else. And 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 employers have private property rights and they have the right to employ people whose values align with theirs and they can set certain terms and conditions. I think I already think that they have broader powers than the federal government has tried to constrict over the last several years. But the difference is everything. The difference is that you're talking about the federal government saying, if you have 99 employees, we're leaving you alone. If you have 100, you must do this or face $14,000 per violation and fines. Under OSHA. OSHA is the regulating authority that makes you wear hard hats on job sites. 
Well, and some some lady come. I saw a post on social media. She was like, "Well, I work in the food food industry, and I already have to have a hepatitis vaccine because I I, I handle food." Okay, well, uh, that is a little bit different than than talking about Joe Blow, who works for Office Depot and is working virtually and or whatever it's called. What do you people do? Uh, you know. <laughs> My wife works for a bank. They employ more than 100 people. But not at that branch. Yeah, but it's, that's not how it works. I know, but that's bullshit. It is. It All of it is. All of it is. Uh, requiring I mean, I think va- about Verizon, right? Like, most Verizon stores have, like, three people in them. My mom manages business parks for a living and Verizon is one of the business park tenants and they have not had people in their building for 18 months and they have no idea when they're going to bring them back. Why would, I mean, they may institute this and if they want to, that is on them and I support their right to do that. But until then, who cares what they're doing vaccination status wise? You can care. It's not the role of government. But I don't care because it's none of my business because I don't work for them and I'm not the government and it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's also not my employer's business what what uh, vaccinations I've had. Now, obviously, look, I've got I've got a friend who travels the world for business. Uh, he and they're required vaccinations to go. To, you know, he has he has factories in India and, and of course there's vaccinations that go go along with going to India. Um, I wouldn't be no, going there not. right now. Uh, you mean you mean COVID? N- n- no, there's there's something else going around going around India right now. Oh, uh, COVID too. I mean, if you're in, if you're in Mumbai, you try to get six six feet away from somebody in Mumbai. Right, it's very crowded. Uh, so requiring vaccinations for all federal workers and for millions of contractors to do business with the federal government. Federal workers, I don't like it because I I don't think they're asking for their vaccination records on anything else, but. I mean, you opt in when you work for the federal government. Like, Well, it's the same thing when I saw people griping about uh, troops having to get it. I'm like, look, if that your body's not your own when you sign that contract. So you don't even know what vaccinations you get as, as, you're, as you're going in initial entry. They just, you just line up and they shoot you in the arm with, with uh, vaccine guns and then put one really thick vaccine in one butt cheek so when everybody's waiting to to uh waiting for everybody to get done by sitting on one cheek uh well the the contractors part though is totally out of bounds it is well, they're, they're, i mean there's you, contractors that never set foot on federal property or i mean yeah they're, they're using the power of the wallet and you got federal contractors uh that do hundreds of millions of dollars uh, for the federal government i mean so the guy who's laying, yeah, uh, guy who's laying asphalt uh, on on a uh, on seventy five if it's a federally funded project. Guess what? And this is a guy that you know sees five people all day and and, and sits in his in his in his on his machine all day. And then he goes home to his family. He has to get a vaccination or loses or risk losing his job. Well, and like you think about people. So here's another thing too, like what you're talking about, or you think about like IT people who do certain contracting, um, security and technology stuff with the government. Like, of course, this is 
not everybody, but in some instances, the those people work in the situation that they do because they they don't want to be around a lot of people, or it made sense for them to work that way so that you know they they may have an underlying reason for not getting the vaccine thus far because oh, sure. they're isolated. And here you are saying, well, we don't care, but simply because because of your job type, you are subject to this mandate. That's disgusting. Requiring. COVID-19 vaccinations for over 17 million healthcare workers at Medicare and Medicaid participating hospitals and other health care settings. Wow. Again, we're talking about the federal or the, yeah, the federal purse strings, which, you know, we've talked about this before. Like you opt into federal funds and um, it's lights out for federal contingencies and puppet strings that's why they offer them not just for these types of things but the ppp and all of that um yep but i i just on on principle i can't support it i it's it's, it's the mob right i'm I'm giving you a gift but i'm going to ask you for a favor later uh it, it is it is they are the the biggest mob in the world uh, calling, calling on now, I've, uh, calling on doesn't mean anything. Large entertainment venues to require proof of vaccination or testing for entry. Uh, it, you choose to participate if you go to a concert. You choose to participate. I went to a Braves game not long ago. I chose to go. Uh, and you assume the risk in doing so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vaccination status or not. I mean, probably should have gone so close to my trip. (laughs) Well, the, 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 the place could implode because of a bomb while you're there. I mean. Luckily, the only bombs we saw were off the bats of the Braves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Requiring employers to provide time off to get vaccinated. Totally out of bounds. First of all, Kroger and Publix are doing vaccines. And I'm sure Walgreens too, seven days a week. Yeah. And and they don't stop. It's not from 9.15 to, to 4.55. Right. I mean. If you, you want to get vaccinated, you can get vaccinated. Yeah. I, I, I have yet to see the problem where someone says, I really want to get vaccinated. I've wanted to get this vaccine for six months, but I just can't find the time. Well, it's not that important to you. You know, I, I you just... One of those things. Okay, further protecting the vaccinated is point two. Providing easy access to booster shots for all eligible Americans. Is it going to be easier than what it already is? <laughs> I don't know. Ensuring really Americans know where to get on- a booster. Jesus. Okay, if you've already gotten your vaccine and it's time for a booster, how would you not know where to get the booster? Wouldn't you call the same place you went to and say, hey, uh, I'm whatever the, I don't even know what the, the criteria is. 65 years old. Uh, I got my, my first, uh, my second shot eight months ago. Uh, I think I'm ready. I think I need the booster or it's time to get the booster. Do you have it? And all these, these pharmacies that you talk to will say, no, we don't have it in, but Walgreens does, or we don't have it in Publix has it. Yeah. But there's only one company that has a booster shot right now. Right. So how are you going to, 
Point three, keeping schools safely open. Okay, that's not proper grammar. Yes, I know. Keeping schools open safely. How are you keeping schools open? You're keeping them open safely. <laughs> the writer cor- correcting the White House. <laughs> uh, requiring staff and Head Start programs, Department of Defense schools, and Bureau of uh, Indian Education operated schools to be vaccinated. That'll, that will, that's 300,000 people. Uh, uh, it is hard enough to find teachers to, to good teachers to go to a reservation and teach. It's already hard enough to, to keep teachers. Uh, you know, I know teachers that are straight up quitting. Uh, I know one that became a, 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 a teacher's, teacher's assistant. So, so she didn't have to put up with the BS that goes along with, with, uh, uh being a teacher. She took the pay cut and, uh, she, she's a TA with, a master's degree because she didn't want to do, she just wanted, she wants to teach children, not deal with the paperwork, not deal with everything else that goes along with it. The bureaucracy that goes with it. Asher says, you thought about uh, becoming an assistant principal? She says, oh, hell no. Uh, Calling on states to adopt vaccine requirements for all school employees, asking states to follow the example of places like California, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Washington, District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. So asking, uh, whatever, providing additional funding for school districts uh, for safe school reopening, including... Yeah, because they didn't get enough damn money. Right. We just handed out, what, $122 billion to to schools? Yep. Like half, half these school districts got their entire year's budget... As and a my extra, taxes still went up. Right, as an extra, as an extra, but they they got all these things, and they, now they need they're going to get more money for what? For what? And my taxes, my taxes will go up because of this on the federal level, and then my property taxes continue to go up to 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 fund schools I don't use. But your property values. Yeah, but property values doesn't put money in my pocket. It's it's not like uh, the average American go to his boss and say, "Hey, look, my property value shot up a hundred thousand last year. I'm going to need a raise." Uh, using the Department of Education's full legal authority to protect students' access to in-person instruction. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, they're already they're already investigating. Um, an, uh, what is it? Five? They have five investigations going on. Yeah, use the education department office for civil rights to go after states that, in the federal government's view, discriminate against students with disabilities by banning mask mandates. That doesn't that doesn't even make sense. Not the proper role of federal government. Not the proper role of federal government. One, two. The students with disabilities are the ones that need to be out of the mask a lot, of, depending on the disability, obviously. If we're, uh, if we're talking about uh, a kid with a learning disability or, some, some, you, know, you know, I was talking to, again, I, I talked, to, talked to a lot of people. I was talking to a teacher that was having a really hard time teaching students to spell, and she's in a, in a special class, because wearing a mask 
they can't see your mouth. And that's one of the techniques for teaching kids how to spell is sounding out words and, 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 and that kind of, and you're trying to do that between a mask and a face shield and the kids wearing a mask. And, you know, these are the kids that, you know, need to be out of a mask. Well, you know, all of them do because that's how we, that's how we learn empathy. That's how we learn to interact with each other. We see each other's faces. We see each other's mouths. We see, when we say something, we we see them smile. Smile, uh, right. Or grimace, or something, or something else. That's how we. That's how we gain empathy, and that's how we learn with each other, and how we interact with each other. Uh, but anyway, that's off. G- getting students and staff tested regularly. Huh? Why? Why? If you're ma- if you're vaccinating them and you're making them wear masks, why do you have to do this too? Providing every resource to the FDA to support. Timely review of vaccines for individuals under the age of 12. Pardon my language, but f*** that. Let me say something. Like, you're not going to hear me be all anti-vax about adults or, you know, but, but when you're talking about developmental stages and, and because what we're, the pathway we're going down is we're inching towards mandates for everybody like this is this is this is not where the buck stops this is going to continue on and as soon as this is available for children under 12 they're going to say like it's it's it, it's you have to have it to go to school or you have to have it to go to this or you have to have it and there is the big difference between injecting a little child in a developmental stage i don't this nonsense about the the most most reactions happen you know, within a couple weeks of, or within a couple, most, a lot of people say within a couple of days of getting vaccinated. Sure. If you're talking about like breathing problems or a rash or fertility Bell's palsy or something, right. When you're talking about a child, you know, and if a parent wants to take that risk, that's on the parent, like go for it. That is your child. To, but don't, don't be rolling in here telling parents what they have to do. They're talking about children as young as six months by 2022. Absolutely not. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, that they are. I mean, they're talking about six six month old baby getting uh, getting the vaccine. Jeez. Uh, oh, uh, increasing testing and uh, requiring masking, making at home tests more affordable, sending free rapid. They're twenty dollars. Yeah. Free at-home tests to food banks and community health centers. Continue to require masking for interstate travel uh, and double fines for airline passengers who refuse to wear masks on flight to maintain face covering requirements on federal property. Continue to require masking on federal property. Is that going to include the national parks? Are we going to have this life where we like have to be masked outdoors at the beautiful national park simply because someone said so i mean is every is that i'm not gonna live the rest of my life with a uh with a white spot around my nose and mouth i i actually did buy uh masks for for my flight coming up Mm -hmm. same mask that you see uh college uh college coaches wearing on the sideline i call it the nick saban mask but it's a screen and you can actually you can actually see my mouth through it. You can actually hear me through it. Hopefully, hopefully they let me on the flight with it. Otherwise, I'll have a paper mask in my pocket. 
Uh, uh, improving care for those with COVID-19, increasing support for COVID-burdened uh, hospitals. I don't know what kind of support you're going to give them. You're, you're telling them fire their employees that they can't, that can't get vaccinated. Getting yeah, life-saving. You've got a uh, shortage, shortage. You're sending the National Guard places and strike teams. and Right. Getting antibody treatment to those who need it. Expanding the pool of healthcare professionals uh, provided uh, treatment by deploying federal, it, uh, as you said, antibody strike teams. Antibody strike teams. I love the word, use of strike teams when we're talking about, I mean, they've been using that for a while, but it, I, it's comical to me. And of course, December um, of 2020, uh, Biden said that COVID vaccinations should not be mandated by the government and masks should not be mandated. In fact, Jen Psaki, uh, two months ago, not even two months, a month and a half ago, said absolutely not. It's not that's not the role of federal government. Man, did here we, we are. A, did we get and, a and you can't tell and, me you can't tell me that it's because of the surge. No, this this is all about power. That's exactly uh, American that. Federation of Government Employees, the largest union of federal employees. I don't know why they need a union. Said while it strongly encourages vaccinations, workers should have a say in new mandates affecting them. What about them exempting the post office? That's the postal service. What's that's that the, about because they have a strong union. Well, also, I think it's because, I mean, can you imagine what would happen if postal workers walked off the job? Oh, yeah. Postal strike. Nobody would get their bills. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Uh, the quote is, simply put, or simp- uh, put simply, workers deserve a voice in their working conditions. The national president, Everett Kelly, we expect to bargain over this change prior to implementation and we urge everyone who is able to get the vaccine as soon as possible they do they can do so <sighs> man uh, yeah encourage is fine if if you truly believe the vaccine is is, is the right thing for most people yeah encourage it uh, I personally think you shut your mouth and worry about your own family and make your own personal decisions on your health. But hey, that's just me. You're vaccinated? Cool. You're unvaccinated? Cool. Uh, Larry we're, Co- more divided. we're more divided than ever. I mean, oh, yeah. the responses to this, there are people. And it's not about the vaccine. It's about the fact that the federal government is telling a business that it is required to make its employees inject something into their bodies, whether they believe they want it or not, or whether their employees want it or not. Otherwise, it's going to cost them. And the federal government is going to get money for it when the federal government is not a victim of anything. That is what is so offensive. Absolutely. Larry Cosme, uh, president of Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, called the mandate for federal workers, quote, ill-conceived, saying vaccination should be promoted through education and encouragement, not coercion. It, it, I mean, it's, that, that, that's a that's it's a, not rocket a, science. Yeah, it's a, it's a principal stance. I mean, it's look. It's, you know, it's probably a good idea for most people, uh, according to this guy. But, you know, I, I, it's just we, we, we've beat the, the vaccine thing into the, into the ground with people who cannot get it. People who have autoimmune problems, you know, that. But it doesn't matter if they don't want it. The federal government should never be able to tell them 
They have to have it. No, absolutely. I don't know. I, you know I'm on your side with that. In fact, you are not wrong. Uh, Kemp responded on Thursday saying the, uh, during this presence address uh, with a tweet saying he will pursue legal avenues to fight the federal mandate. I don't know how he's going to do that. I mean, on some things I, I do, but like, I don't understand what grounds he has on um, like federal, the federal agencies, federal employees, federal contractor stuff that, that I think he's off in the weeds for the other stuff. Maybe perhaps. the schools. Yeah. The, yeah. Maybe it's, the schools, but it's again, Georgia keeps cashing that check from the federal government. Uh, the school districts keep cashing those checks. From the federal government. I mean, when you take money from Uncle Sugar, you play by Uncle Sugar's rules. So speaking of tweets, uh, Ron Klain, uh, a White House, White House uh, chief of staff, retweeted something uh, originally from Stephanie Rule. OSHA doing this VAX mandate is an emergency workplace safety rule is the ultimate workaround for the federal government to require vaccines. They're damn proud of it. And he retweeted it. And he read. He's proud of it. Proud of it. It's a workaround. My God, man. All right, Jessica, we're we're running dangerously close to uh, 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 running long. So what about your closing thought? Well, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think Gavin Newsom's going to pull through on Tuesday? I think I think he'll survive. You do, yeah. I kind of do too. I mean, but, it, I mean, it I'm hoping not. But such a blue state. Uh, it's been a full court press with uh, Harris out there, uh, ce- celebrities endorsing him. And look, uh, Larry Elder is, is not nobody. I mean, he's pretty well known. Uh, does Larry Elder beat him? Ah, oh, man, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But the the more the nuts go after Elder, the the better he looks. Uh, that chick in a gorilla mask throwing mm-hmm. an egg. It's a good thing she throws like a girl, because I don't even think the egg would have broken if it hit him. Yeah. Uh, and how how is her face not plastered everywhere? How is she not in handcuffs for assault? How is she not being sent to a mental institution for evaluation? I mean, look, politics is getting ugly anyway, but when when did uh, a black, very educated, very smart guy who came up from from nothing, worked hard his entire life, when did he become the white supremacist? And when did the, the white woman wearing a monkey mask and throwing eggs at said man, how is she the freedom fighter? Because up is my, down and down is up. It's we tie it all back together with the with the stories about flying and and society in general, and we're just we're we're circling the the bottom of the drain here, folks. You know, we need a some something something has to happen. You know, I I would love I, I would there's calls all the time for to go back to nine twelve. How we were a society on September twelfth, two thousand one. Right, left didn't matter. We were all we were all pulling together as as Americans. So I'll leave that as my closing thought. 
for Jessica Slodgy, my partner in crime and owner of TheGeorgiaVirtue.com, for Eric Cumbie, our awesome editor, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week.